So we're going to dive into the Word right now. We're in a series called Radical, and I want to talk to you tonight about radical relationships. Radical relationships. Pray with me. Father, thank you for this time. I just ask that you would just, by the power of your Holy Spirit, that you would move now. You're moving in our midst. You're moving in the worship. You're touching lives, God. Father, thank you for what you did last night and this morning. Father, we just pray that you would continue in this area of relationships. God, I mean, when it comes down to it, it's all about relationships. So, Father, we just ask that you would uh, just add to us tonight, transform us, have your way in Jesus' name. And everyone said, there's nothing more important, uh, more powerful, satisfying at times, beautiful at times, exhausting at times, hurtful at times, painful at times, as relationships, rewarding and stressful, and everything in between. There's an old song that man, used to be really, really good. And it goes like this, love hurts, love scars, love wounds and hurts, any heart not tough or strong enough to take a lot of pain, take a lot of pain. Love is like a cloud, it holds a lot of rain, love hurts. You remember? Ooh, love hurts. How many you remember that song? Gosh, I'm amazed, man. I must be getting really old. A group named Nazareth sang that. Love really hurts. Tonight, when I talk about relationships, I'm, I'm not talking about just boyfriend and girlfriend. I'm not just talking about husband and wife. I'm talking about any relationship. What I'm going to talk about tonight, you could, I think, apply to any relationship. Sometimes you feel as someone is absolutely for you and all behind you, and then all of a sudden you get a letter, or you get an email, or you get a private message, or you get a text, and you realize they're not so much for you. Um, someone will hug you and tell you they love you. That's really big. You know, I love you, bro. Love you, bro. And then kiss you with betrayal. It's really biblical. It happens. Happened with Jesus. Matthew 26, 35. Just listen to this for a minute. These are Jesus' closest friends on the face of the earth. He spent more time with these 12 dudes and anybody else over these three and a half years. And it says this, Peter said to them, even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And so said all the disciples, all, not just Peter, all the disciples, even if we have to die with you, we'd never deny you. In the same chapter, not even in another chapter. The same chapter, Peter denies Jesus three times and Judas betrays Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. Jesus said this about man. He knew what was inside of each and every one of us. 
and he knew the potential in each and every one of us, good or bad. He said this, John 2, 24 and 25, it says, but Jesus did not commit himself to them. To who? To man, to, to people. Because he knew all men and had no need that anyone should testify of man, for he knew what was in man. What was in man? Well, same, that, same thing that's in us. You know, we can absolutely deny someone, portray someone, accuse someone, hurt someone, and we can absolutely love someone and encourage someone at the same time. And they did, and Jesus still loved them all the way through that. Relationships, to me, are a bit like staying in shape. If you don't work on staying in shape, it's easily... It's very easy to fall out of shape, and that's, that's all there. Do nothing, and you're probably going to fall out of shape. You can still be very thin and still be out of shape. It doesn't matter. You can just ease If you don't do anything, you can be out of shape. Radine and I was uh, just the other day traveling, Alabama. Now we're in Denver, uh, you know, trying to get to, to uh, Arizona, and oh, my goodness, we had to change airlines in Denver, Colorado. Well, let me just spell that out to you for a minute of what that means. Not flights, airlines. So all of a sudden, we have a really close flight that we have to hit. I mean, very, it's close even if you're on the same airline. We have to come out, go get our luggage, Run, check into another airline, check in our luggage, go get in security. By the way, I tell you what, the saving grace is when we got off the one flight, there was one of those dudes with one of those kind of golf cart looking things. And I said, bro, please, can you help us? And that was, I'm that's the way you want to go in an airport. Because he's just, excuse me, excuse me. I'm like, yeah, go, man. He took us to a train and we got on it. And it was the grace of God. Then we ran after we checked into another airline. We ran to the security line. And it was the eternal security line in Denver. And all that run, and now we're pretty much moving like a snail. Now we're through the security line and running through the air. Not John, I'm telling you, running. And I'm running and I look back twice and I look back, Rating goes, go, just go. <laughs> she knows if I get there, man, I'm going to hold on to the airplane or do my, just go. And we finally get to our gate and I am sucking when <gasps> And I mean, I'm on the elliptical all the, you know, quite awkward. And I just have to say, it's just because Denver is so high in altitude, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it was, I, I think the altitude had something to do with it, but it wasn't just the altitude. If you're not working on relationships, they will get out of breath They'll lose their strength and they'll get out of shape. You got to work on relationships. You and I are made to our very, very core from God to be in relationships. Amen. 
We are to the core. That's, that's the DNA that God has passed on to you and I to be in relationships. Though relationships can be very challenging, they can also be extremely rewarding, okay? Even though they may feel at times you could live without them. You ever had it been in a relationship? Like, I mean, I could live without you right now. But it's... It's more, it's a, a whole lot better if you live with them. The Bible says in Genesis 1, 26 and 27, then God said, let us make man in our image. Say that with me, our image. God's always been in relationship. It was never just God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. According to, look, our likeness, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creepy thing, even creepy people, I guess, creepy thing, that creeps on earth. No, I'm just teasing. Just little, little bitty creepy animals. So there's no, I shouldn't say that, creepy people. People are not, they just need Jesus, amen. <laughs> We're all creepy without Jesus. Kind of, what you say? So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God, out of him, he created man and female. God has always been a father. Jesus, the Holy Spirit, has always been with him. And God made you and I out of his own, very own image. And God's always been about relationship. And God wants you to have thriving relationships. Genesis 2.18, and the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. Now, I immediately tie that in with marriage, but it just doesn't have to be marriage. I tell you what, you can be a single person and God still doesn't want you to be alone. We have city groups, okay? Why? It's not good for man to be alone. We come and gather on the weekends. Why? It's not good for man to be alone. We're to be in the body of Christ. And God's, we're one piece. We're one part of the body of Christ. And we need one another. God doesn't call, how many of you ever seen the movie Jeremiah Johnson? It's a great movie. But God doesn't call you to be a Jeremiah Johnson. All of a sudden, you get hurt in the world, and you go, and you go up in Alaska, and you just hang out, mountains, and you're a mountain man all by yourself. Listen, God doesn't call us to do life alone. He wants us to be in relationship. It's not good to be alone, at least for a long time. We were born into relationships. We were born for relationships, they may uh, sometimes be tough to maintain, but it's worth it. It's tougher to do life without relationships. It may be uh, tough navigating through relationship, but it's even tougher to do life alone. Listen to this. I want to uh, tell you that the weight that God puts on relationships today. Matthew 22, 35 through 40. Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him, and saying, teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? The great commandment of the law is tied into relationship. Look what it says. Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. The greatest thing that you can do is to have a relationship right here vertical with God. 
God wants you to first have a great relationship with him, to love him with all your heart, mind, in one of the gospels, mind, soul, strength, everything in you. If you really, really want to have good relationships, I believe that it comes first having the vertical relationship in order. If you don't have a relationship with God, I encourage you to begin it today. There was people that began their relationship with God today or came back to relationship with God today in some of the other gatherings. I encourage you to do that because, you know, he's the author of relationships. Every, he gives us a, a, a book called the Bible and honestly, how to do relationships, how to love your wife, how to love your husband, how to love your children, how to love one another, even how to love yourself. It's all in the Bible, but it begins with a vertical relationship with God. And then it says, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So he first talks about this relationship getting this one down, a radical relationship with the God of the universe he wants from you. And then on this level right here, on uh, the, the, the horizontal relationships all around us, and uh, all these relationships, vertical and horizontal, I tell you what, it begins with having a, a beautiful vertical relationship with God. If we get these two things down right, the Bible says all the laws, like over 600, all the laws and the prophet hang on those two very, very important laws you get those two things down right there, and it is absolutely beautiful, loving God and loving one another. I want to show you where relationships begin with because it's easy to put it off on someone else. Let me, let me read this to you for a minute. It says, you, you shall love the Lord your God. You, 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 you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, strength. You, it begins with you. Love, you, you look, look, look. You love your neighbor as yourself. Look at your neighbor and say, hey, it's on you. No, no, don't tell him. Tell him you, you, need to, you need to help them right now. Look at them and say, it's on you. That's good for, for us to know. Because I'm telling you, it's very easy, it's very easy for someone to, for you to wait on someone else to make the first move. It's like, oh, if, you know, if they want to be in a relationship with me, you know, they need to make, no, it begins with you. It begins with you loving God, you, not when your husband gets his life in order, not when the wife is perfect, not when the boyfriend, no, it begins with you. I think the devil would always want to keep our eyes on everyone else. I'm unhappy right now because of him or because of her or because of that situation, whatever. Whenever we need to take responsibility when it comes to relationship, it begins with you. Can you imagine the health of our society and the church and families if everyone took on the responsibility that it begins with me? You... Just think about the first one. Think about if everyone loved God with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength. And if you love him, you're going to keep his commandments. The Bible talks about the, the impact that's going to have on the world. It begins with you. And then from this, we go here and you're loving your neighbor as yourself. I tell you what, wow, what a beautiful thing 
But remember, it begins with you. God played the first card. He did this for you and I. Romans 5, 8, God showed his great love for us because he has a great love for us. He has a great love for you. You know why he sent his son? So you could have a relationship with him. He wants this going, and this can only go through a relationship through Jesus, the door, the way, the truth, the life. Jesus is the door for you to have this relationship. You can't have this relationship without Jesus Christ for what he's done. So look, God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. God did something radical so that you could have a relationship with him. He sent his only begotten son who took on your sin, my sin, the entire sin of the world. He took it on. Why? That you can have a relationship with him. How beautiful is that? He took all your bad, all my bad, all the bad of the world. Why? For relationship. He wants to have a relationship with you. I mean, that's pretty incredible. It says this, 1 John 4, 19. We love each other from this to each other because why? He first loved us. When we understand how incredibly we are loved by the Father, oh my goodness, it makes it a lot easier to love one another. But it begins with you. You taking on that so vital role in a relationship that you would stop looking for everyone else to love you or begin the relationship. Let me show you this scripture right here. This is, this is beautiful. This is so theologically deep. You're going to just be blown away right here. Look at this right here. You want to have a good friend? Check this out. Here we go. You want to have a good friend? Check this out. Proverbs 18, 24. A man who has friends must himself be friendly. <laughs> you want you want friends? Here we go. Be friendly. Put some faith on your face. Come on, be friendly. A man who has many friends, hey, he's first what? Friendly. Wow. How amazing is that? Huh? Take on the responsibility. I'm not going to say anything to that person because they walked right by me and they didn't say a word to me. Well, that means that they walked by you and you didn't say a word to them. Pastor J.O., that guy, he walked right by me, didn't smile. He didn't say a word. Maybe I had to run to the bathroom. I don't know. But you can also smile and say hi to me, right? It goes both ways. Now, I want to do my, hey, you, J.O., you love, you love people. My, my thing is, is that we each one need to take the responsibility of this thing called friendships and relationships begins with you and I. Whatever friend you want to have or however you want friend you want that to be, uh, however you want your spouse to be or your, your, your boss to be or a good buddy to be, you be that person. 
It begins with you, okay? I want to share with you two sections right now. One is, first of all, poisons to relationships. If you want to just put a drip of poisons in your relationship, that's slowly going to kill your relationship, the ones that you're in now or the ones that you've tried or the ones that you know that have failed. I'm telling you, these are ingredients to absolutely kill, to poison your relationship. Why would I say that? Why would I want to tell you poisons? Because if you're operating in poisons right now, you need uh, uh, anti-venom, right? And we're going to talk about an anti-venom in just a few minutes. But it's good for us. Sometimes we are born a certain way and born under uh, uh, what we've learned. And sometimes we learn wrong. And, you know, we have all these defensive mechanisms and so forth and so on. And I want to talk to you about some just poisons that will impact your relationships. The first one is unrealistic expectations unrealistic you putting unrealistic expectations on people or people putting friend or wife or husband or whoever boyfriend girlfriend putting unrealistic expectations on you what is unrealistic expectation just expectations that are not true you you just can't Live up to them. Like, I've got an expectation on Thor. I call my brother right here. Thor, stand up just for a minute so everybody knows. I've got an expectation on Thor right now. Thor, I, dude, I want you to do a 1,000 burpees, and I want you to clean and jerk a 1,000 pounds. It's not going to happen, huh? It's pretty unrealistic, right? The guy's a total stud. He's extremely strong. But that's just unrealistic, okay? We do that in relationships, and it just like... Just puts the weight of the world on people, tries to destroy them. Let me give you some unrealistic expectations. Can I do that tonight? Here we go. Life should just be fair. That's a pretty much unrealistic expectation. Deep down, if you think life is supposed to be fair to you all the time, you are going to stay hurt in your life because it's not fair. Here's another one. Everyone should like me. Everyone should like me. That's just unrealistic. It doesn't happen. Here's another one. You should never hurt me. If you're in a relationship with anyone for any amount of time, and it's a real relationship, and you're not just stuck in codependency to do whatever they want you to do, you know, be a little puppet, you're going to hurt someone, and you're going to get hurt in relationships. God, I think, uses those tough, tight times to draw us closer, to transform us, to teach us what love is, how to forgive, how to do all the things the Bible teaches. Come on, I want to let you know right now, uh, you're, you're going to get hurt in relationships. Uh, here we go. You need to make me happy. That's your responsibility, Dave. Dave, you're supposed to, Stephen, you're supposed to make me happy. Dave, you just make me happy. I just, you're just, you, that's an unrealistic expectation. Your spouse is not there just to make you happy, or a child, or one of your buddies, or for, you're, you're going to get hurt in life. Those are, un, those are poisonous. If you're looking, you're going to kill relationships. Here's another one. You need to understand me. <laughs> now, think about that for a minute. You don't even understand yourself. 
but you're expecting someone else to understand you. That's an unrealistic expectation. It doesn't work. Here's another one. Uh, I can change him or her. Can't wait to marry that woman because I'm a changer. Oh, no, you're going to poison your relationship. The only one that really changes us is Jesus Christ. And according to his word, he transforms us from the inside out through the renewing of our mind. You're going to get really jacked up. And it's really unfair you marrying someone and all of a sudden it's your job to change them. I got news for you. That's very poisonous and it doesn't work. Unrealistic expectations are poisonous to relationships. Number two, critical attitude. These are poisonous. How many of you know that it's very easy to just pick some individual apart or a church apart or a business apart or a restaurant apart or what? It's easy. If you got a critical attitude, you know what you should do? You should repent. <laughs> you should turn from that because critical attitude has a double first cousin. You ever heard of a double first cousin? I'm not going to go into it. It's, I've got friends who are double first cousins. I've got two sets of friends that double first cousins. Double first cousins to a critical attitude would be a, uh, someone who accuses accusations. Accusations. You know what? You know who uh, the Bible says is the accuser of the Bible, of the brethren in the Bible? His name is Diablo. That's, that's the, the devil. Do you know the definition of Diablo. The accuser. He's a slander and he's accuser. And when a person, well, let me let me read it. You should look up the word traducer, because that's what the Bible says, or the Greek says Diablos is a traducer. It's pretty interesting the definition of that. But he's a false accuser, a slanderer, accusing people falsely. That's who Diablos is. When you are accusing people, listen to me, you line yourself up with the devil. That is absolute poisonous in a relationship. And I tell you, it's double first cousins to someone who is critical. Let's move on. Number three, another poison in relationship is offenses. Easily offended. I'm just offended. I'm offended that you're wearing green pants today. I'm offended that you spoke to me that way. I'm offended. You just so, because you're hurt inside and you're broken inside, just, you just get offended and offensive. That, that word is, in the Greek, it's a trap. Just, it, it's kind of like a, a, little, uh, a little branch that you would pull down, put a little string on, and you're trying to catch a little squirrel or a rabbit. It gets in there, and then, Okay, that's what offenses are. The problem is, is that the only person that gets trapped in offenses is you. The person who's holding the offenses is the one who's trapped. Here you are off offended at someone 2,000 miles away. That person just offended me by the jail. That person, I just can't. Do they don't even have a clue. And you're just drinking poison. Because of your offenses. Come on, tell your neighbor right now, let it go. Let it go. Let the offense go. Hey, I know that people in this room has been hurt in many different fashions, probably terribly hurt, all kinds of hurt, things done to people in society that should never be done. I'm going I'm to encourage you still, let it go. Let it go. The only person that's trapped right now is you. Amen? It's a poisonous. 
It's absolute poisons. This next one is really close to offenses, and it's unforgiveness. Unforgiveness. That one really means to let it go, honestly. Unforgiveness. Someone hurts you, someone does something to you, and you just hold on to that. The Bible speaks of letting your anger, not allowing your anger to go down with the sun. Bible, the Bible talks about that. And then it goes on, if you read the rest of the verse, it says, and giving place to Satan or the devil. Okay? So it's like when you hold on to uh, unforgiveness, it's like almost like I, I would put it this way. It's kind of radical, but just opening the spiritual doors and windows to your soul and go, devil, just wreak havoc in my life. Don't hold unforgiveness toward anyone. It's not worth it. Say this with me, short accounts. Keep short accounts. They, for, you know, they hurt you, let it go. They hurt you. If you need to talk to them, Matthew 18, talk to them. If you need to take someone with you, if it didn't work out the first time when you went to the, take someone with you. Man, come on. I, I tell you what, it's poisonous to relationships. It will kill your relationships. And the last one is this. There's all kinds of different poisonous. I just chose five that I felt like the Lord put on my heart that I know that are very dangerous, very poisonous. And number five is silent treatment. The silent treatment. What is really a silent treatment? That's only the out, that's the fruit of something different that's happening inside. And it's called manipulation. Manipulation will kill poison pretty quickly your relationships. If you're a manipulator, you know what you should do? Grow up. Just tell your neighbor right now, grow up. No, no, tell them, tell them, grow up. It's true. You may, jail. you sure are kicking me in my, my throat tonight. I'm just trying to help you because we all need to grow up. It's funny, you can be in church for 40 years and never grow up, never mature. I mean, I, I talk to people and it's like, wow, we need to grow up. I need to grow up. We all need to grow up. Listen to this, what 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter says. You ready for the love chapter? Here we go. Let it kick you in your throat here just for a minute. When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. What are childish things? Silence treatment. Accusations. Unforgiveness. To, to me, those are child. We need, to, we need to get rid of those things. Amen? Uh, you know, James taught, oh, man, James. Whew, you just don't. There's certain things that you don't do in life. You don't spit in the wind, take the mask off the Long Ranger, and you don't mess with James. <laughs> James uh, James is bad to the bone kind of book. And, and he says this. To me, it, it deals with manipulation. It deals with conflict. It deals with selfishness. He says this in James 4.1. He says a whole lot. But 4.1, here's just one. Where do you think all uh, these appalling wars and quarrels come from? Do you think they just happen? Think again. They come about because... You want your own way and fight for it deep inside yourself. 
What happens when you're silent treating someone? You're trying to get your own way, right? Just like that little two-year-old that walks by the candy and they just want all the candy and they go nuts in the grocery store when mom says no because mom knows best, amen? I want to give you five now gourmet ingredients to a healthy relationship. Like I said, there's all kinds of wonderful ingredients for relationships. I want to give you five gourmet, five gourmet. You can put some salt and pepper on it, what have you. But these are five gourmet ingredients for relationships. The first one, or you could say an antidote, antidote for poisons. The first one is a radical trust. Say that with me, trust. If you're going to have a very good awesome, amazing relationship. Trust is at the very top. Gourmet ingredients is trusting one another. Trusting God with all your heart, lead not to your own understanding and knowledge of him in all your ways. But not just God, but trusting one another. Think about when you were born. You just have to completely throw all your trust on your parents. I mean, you don't even know that you exist and they're completely taking care of you, clothing you, uh, protecting you, providing for you. Absolute blind trust. Relationships begin with trust. Trust becomes the, the absolute bonding agent to healthy relationship, uh, healthy relationships. 1 Corinthians 13, 7. Bear all things, believe all things, hope all things, endure all things. Trust is like little, how many of you remember the little wooden blocks that I think they would have numbers on it and they would have letters on it, alphabets? Trust is like building blocks. Think about that for a minute. You just have this block, this block. You do the right thing every day in a relationship and you just keep building and building and man you're going to build trust in that individual day after day week after year after year doing the right things and and trust is slowly built the problem is that you do one stupid thing remember you just take out the bottom section of those blocks what do they do they all crumble okay and then you know in our human flesh we want to go Woman, you need to trust me. Well, I would if you wouldn't keep jacking up things like you just did. And then, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And I'm sure you are sorry. But if you keep breaking trust, well, the intention of my heart was to do right. Well, eventually, we don't care about your intention of your heart. We care about your actions. And I'm not trying to be mean tonight. I'm just saying that at some point, I tell you, you got you to continue to build trust in relationships and you do the right thing every day in relationship. Just keep building and, and keep, God, give me the wisdom and building, building trust. It's a gourmet ingredient in relationship. The next one is life-giving words. I woke up this morning, my buddy Mark Estes, the pastor, City Bible Church, has sent me a very life-giving text. And it was wonderful to wake up to life-giving words. If you want to have a, a gourmet relationship, it's got to have this gourmet 
ingredient it is life-giving words. I mean, words that build and words that beautify your relationship and words that put courage into people and, 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 and life and blessing into them and, and speaking affirmation and encouragement. Man, if you're thinking good about something to uh, somebody, just let them know. I tell you, whenever I was younger in my marriage, it was kind of awkward for me to say certain things to my wife. And now it's like, you know, practice really works. I just say, hey, you're a foxy, foxy woman, man. She's my beautiful, I love her with all my heart. And it's, it's easy now. Why? Because throughout the years, you know, you give those words, you learn that, that man, I tell you what, that builds a relationship and it's no fake. Life-giving words is a huge ingredient to a healthy relationship. And vice versa. All you got, you want to kill a relationship? Just go the opposite with that. You can destroy a relationship like that. Number three, grace, grace. Say that with me, grace, grace. Grace, grace. What do you mean by grace, grace? I mean, what does that mean, grace, grace? This is what I mean. You're in a relationship. It might be with a friend or a girlfriend or your husband or wife. And how many of you know that everyone's going to make mistakes? Right? So unbroken expectation. You don't believe people's going to make mistakes. You're already jacking up your relationship. Everyone's going to make mistakes. But instead of criticizing, pour grace out upon them. Grace, grace. Jay, are you saying that you never speak the truth in love? Absolutely. Speak the truth in love. But I tell you what, I, I, I say pour grace out upon them. Pour, if you know that they're trying their best and man, making a mistake occasionally, pour grace out upon them. Jesus, the Bible says in John, came full of grace and truth. And I believe those are in the order that God wanted them. Grace and truth. You don't always have to unload your barrels of truth on your spouse or, or truth on a friend or truth on a boss or whoever, it, whoever you're having a relationship with, just unloading truth on them. You might want to bring and pour out grace upon them to bring great healing to them and your relationship. Grace, grace is a wonderful gourmet ingredient when it comes to relationships. Number four, Here's another gourmet ingredient, intentional time. For years, I've taught four ingredients of any relationship, time, talk, touch, and treasure. I won't go in that tonight, but I will camp out on intentional time. You will never have a relationship. You can have all the dreams in your life to have a good friend or a husband or a boy or whatever unless you spend intentional time with them. It's not going to happen. Me and my wife, we went on a hot date Friday night. We intentionally set that up. Look on my phone, 5.30, date, sushi. <laughs> then we went to watch Heart of the City Church softball team, date, got some seeds and some Twizzlers or whatever they're called, and we just had a wonderful time, but intentional. My, my kids, Monday night, family night. At 7 o'clock, you come to my house, 
99.9% of the time, we're watching Jeopardy. Why? Because it's my favorite show. I love Jeopardy. It's my favorite game show. Am I good at it? No, I'm the worst, but I still like it. And we're having family night. We're going to eat together. What do you, wh why do you say that, J.O.? Intentional time. If you're going to have relationships, man, there, there'll be a fairy, like fairy dust, unless you're willing to spend time with someone. You've you got to put the time in it. And the last one, very, very important one, honor and support. Honor and support. We, we hear things like honor and military and honor on the day that you get married. What, what is honor? Honor simply to me is if it's important to them, make it important to me. If it's important to you and I want to honor you, I'm going to make it important to me. That's how you honor. That's how you support someone. A lady walked up to me after the first service. She says, oh, thank you for the sermon today. It was, a, it was, a, it was an anniversary gift. And I said, oh, cool. I said, how long have you been married? 23 years. Awesome. And she says, we're going to the shooting range. And I'm thinking, man, she's honoring her husband. I guarantee you that. They're going to go shoot at a shooting range. I guarantee you. She's going to be honoring. I mean, she, I'm sure she likes to enjoy it too. But at the end of the day, I would say that started up with her husband. Just assuming, just assuming, okay? My wife, when we first started dating, she liked to drink tea and eat cookies. What did I do? I drank tea and ate cookies. Can somebody say honor, support? I like to hunt. I'm going to tell you right now, Radine, she'll totally support me. Set aside money for me to buy some tags or what have you. And, 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 and so why? She, she, she honors me and supports. And I want to support. She loves to write and read. I mean, she is a writing and reading. Oh, my goodness. I want to support and honor her in that. Why? Because it is a gourmet ingredient for relationships. If you take one out of those ingredients and apply it to friendships or relationships, it's going to help you. You need to take all stinking five of the poisons out of your relationship or you're going to just be miserable in life. Miserable in life. Amen? But just, just try to apply some of those gourmet ingredients into relationships, and, and you'll grow. You'll, you'll flourish in relationships.